Hey, Karen. Yeah, Jen. What's today's topic? I don't know. I'm curious. Yes, you are. And that's what we're talking about today. Curiosity. How fun, right? Let's do it. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. It's called the Hemingway Daiquiri. Oh, yeah. And there's something in it that I don't know what it is. Can you talk me through what the ingredient list? We've got some Havana Club white rum and a Luxardo. Is that what you're tasting? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's got some lime juice and some grapefruit juice. It's in a little coupe glass. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. This is not your frozen pink daiquiri, guys. No, this is very sophisticated. Very. I mean, that's got the word Hemingway, clearly. Clearly. We're buff- <laughs> clearly. We're quite curious. The cool thing about this episode is, listeners, Karen and I think about our topics a little bit, then we get together. And the first thing we both came up with when it came to curiosity is toddlers. Yeah. So first of all, curiosity is one of my favorite words. It's one of my favorite topics. It's one of my favorite characteristics in people. So I'm very excited to have this conversation. But but you're right, toddlers, because we are born curious, naturally curious. It's how we figure out how to do all the things. That's why we, as toddlers, you know, and babies put things in their mouth because you're trying to figure out what does it taste like and texture. And and that's how you're solving problems and building, you know, the the building blocks of learning is all curiosity-based. Yeah, it really is. And I remember um, having a great conversation with our toddler teacher about how messy they were. And, and she said, Mama, it's all science. All this is, I'm curious what happens if I do this. I'm curious how that feels. What's going to happen if I drop this? She said it's all scientific experiment, and that's their job. I love that. Yeah. I had the same toddler land teacher, and she's just she's a baby whisperer. She just knows how one-year-olds work. That's true. And so maybe that's why that's where our um, mind went. Because And, you know, raising children, you see that curiosity. And we always joke about why, 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 why. But we're born with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So how does curiosity change or morph beyond toddlerdom? Yeah, that is the, and that's the question, because I think sometimes people stop being curious, and I think sometimes we put curiosity in a box, mm-hmm. and we decide that it's only for part of our lives and not for the rest of our lives. Yeah, so I know we've both shared that when we lose curiosity about something, it's a, it's a flag, for something else that's going on. So when I'm no longer naturally curious, I'm either burnt out or uh, pissed off or something's worn down somehow. A miss, yeah, yeah, for sure. But but do you think there are people that just stop being curious or that are less naturally curious? I honestly don't think anyone is naturally less curious, but I do think life can erode the curiosity out of them. Or get them in the habit of not being curious. Yeah. And that, that I think, is really kind of external. I don't think that's internal to a person. I think deep down we're all born curious. That's how humans learn. Um, but I do think a lot of culture and some workplaces and the drudgery of things sometimes can just beat the curiosity out of you. Well, and going back to you saying sometimes people put curiosity in a box, I do think that from a professional standpoint, there are workplaces that almost discourage curiosity, um, even though it really could be at their own detriment, right? So curiosity is the ingredient for solutions, you know, problem solving. And so if you're not curious about why something is broken or doesn't work, if you're not curious to lift that rock up, then 
you won't find the answer. You won't solve. And so corporate cultures, I think, sometimes, and maybe the tide is changing a little now. Obviously, you and I don't have corporate jobs. But I think I traditionally relate to a corporate culture as if curiosity is wasted time. Yeah. Yeah, I think, because the truth of the matter is, if you're going to pick up that rock and ask about a process, that might mean you have you realize you have to change the process and and change is messy mm-hmm. it's hard it can be wasteful it can be expensive mm-hmm. yeah so so i think sometimes curiosity leads to change which is very positive yeah but the process of change can be very scary for an organization well think about all especially it, you know we're in michigan where we come from we have manufacturing roots right and manufacturing is the is the birthplace of efficiency and lean, right? Lean well, manufacturing and um, Six Sigma and uh, black belts and all, you know, married to an engineer. So that's how I know all that stuff. But um, it, it really is the genesis of, of, of finding inefficiencies and getting rid of them. Right. So that's very interesting in, in relation to our state. And this is super a sidebar topic, but I wonder if that incredible innovation that led to the industries that have supported our state for so long have really altered our cultural perception of curiosity, at least here locally. Oh, I think so, absolutely. Well, that's depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you guys, those of you who are working in those industries, change it up. Change it up. Well, and it's funny because if you want to go to the auto industry, obviously, that we're referring to, Elon Musk is changing it up and other manufacturers don't like that so much. Yeah. And legislation doesn't like that so much in Michigan. And so I think as a culture and as a state, we're having to figure out what to do with this new innovation that's happened and how does everybody else incorporate that. So what that leads me to is sometimes people force curiosity and they shake things up by demanding it. And that's yeah. kind of fun. So taking it away from the corporate environment, let's talk for a second about I'm curious about your thoughts on what are some of the other benefits of curiosity, like for you and me as individuals? Well, you know, we all live and talk very often about creativity. Mm-hmm. And curiosity is absolutely a springboard, mm-hmm. right? You can't be creative without asking those what-if questions. Creativity comes from trying to find a different answer. And and I think I think we would both agree... The first answer isn't always the most creative. It's just the one that's top of mind or easy. Mm-hmm. And so finding a very creative answer is requires curiosity and requires digging deeper. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I agree with you. I think, too, you know, if I think about how curiosity plays a role in my job, especially when I'm um, working on unscripted content and I interview people a lot um, for a living and I think you have to have curiosity in order to be with someone, especially if you're just sitting down and asking a stranger questions. You know, you have to very quickly build rapport. And part of that is curiosity, true curiosity, wanting to understand how they work and what their thoughts are. And I think it builds empathy really, really fast. And I think that creates an understanding that allows someone to be generous with their thoughts. Yeah. That's really good. And what I hear you saying is that curiosity as a tool sort of bridges spaces and builds connections and helps us grow. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing about that is 
it, it can strengthen trust and it can strengthen understanding. And those are really useful things to have. Yeah. I mean, professionally or personally, absolutely. Just being naturally curious about another person and and letting that play a role in communication. Gosh, the world could be a much better place, huh? Yeah, it sure could. And what I hear you saying, too, is naturally curious and and authentically curious. I know authenticity yes. is a word that we feel is overplayed, but not I'm going to ask the questions to interview someone because I know I need to ask the questions. Asking the questions because you're genuinely curious to get to know them and understand them and understand their point of view yeah. is very different than just going through the motions. Yeah. Everybody is a puzzle and a unique puzzle, right? And there's different reasons the pieces fit together and that determines our motivations and our actions and, and even the type of language we use and understanding where all that comes from is fascinating to me. So let me ask you this. If someone's not feeling inherently curious or they feel like their curiosity has sort of been worn away, how can they, can you practice? Yeah, I think you can. You know, go back to toddlers, right? Just play. Find, you know, find something that hasn't been solved for. Well, that could be something as simple as, as a board game, you know, like try to solve that. Or or pick up a, a different type of puzzle and or pick up something that, that you've put away a long time ago. Reconnect with it because I, I think that it absolutely requires practice if it doesn't feel, in, you know, inherent to you. But, yeah, I think you can absolutely practice. I think, too, if you're feeling like you're worn down, you know, we mentioned earlier, if you're, if you're feeling a little worn down and not curious when you are naturally a curious person. Mm-hmm. That's a warning sign that you need to change some things, right? Mm -hmm. But I think a really good tactic is to just practice curiosity until it becomes natural. Part of that for me is, you know, especially with my kids, every parent has gotten tired of their child asking questions, asking questions, (laughs) asking questions. Every parent has gotten to the point where they give some soundbite answer, oh, I don't know, honey, when you're quite, you should say, I'm not sure. Why do you think it is? And you can you can turn it into a conversation starter and you can turn it into a place to connect there. So for me, even knowing the rule, oh, wait, I should be curious now, cue curiosity can get me out of being in the doldrums or get me out of feeling overwhelmed, mm-hmm. right? Reminding myself, nope, nope, you're supposed to stop and be curious when I'm not feeling it naturally mm-hmm. really can help. Yeah. I think, too, another um, another outcome is, you know, in, you know, take it back to the, the work setting or the team setting is that you can – curiosity builds understanding and it can strengthen a team. Understanding what people need, what their motivations are, what their style is. I've got some people who – need to sleep on creative and they come in with an answer and some people who are really good on their feet and knowing the difference between the two and knowing because I've been curious about who they are as people and curious about what works best for them. You know, you can strengthen a team through curiosity. That's true. You can. And something you said reminds me, we like in our office, we like to say we poke holes in it. Mm-hmm. You put out a product. You break it. Yep. See if you can break it, poke holes in it, and then and then fix them is an inherent piece of curiosity helping you make a better product, mm-hmm. right? And see what it can do. 
see where there are some deficits, see what we might add, explore, really makes for a stronger product. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, as as some of the reading that you and I did, it it stops confirmation bias. Yeah. The habit of just saying, oh, yeah, that's great. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm, probably it's not great. Probably it could be better. If you had a little curiosity in there, you might come up with the next most brilliant thing. Yeah, absolutely. How do you create a culture of curiosity at work? Well, I think in some ways I think that's two-part. As the leader, you have to be willing to have your product questioned. Mm-hmm. So you have to be open to questions, criticisms, observations, proof of concept, all of these things. And so if you can model that it's okay for your product to be poked hole, you know, to be poked and prodded, then people know that it's a safe space and it's a safe thing to do. Mm-hmm. And if you then take anything that could be a criticism and pose it as a question, that is curiosity, not criticism. Very different. And deep down, I think people feel like that comes from a different place. Yeah. Right? So saying, I don't think this is going to work, might be a criticism. Whereas if you frame something with curiosity, tell me how this would work for that population. That allows somebody to do the problem solving themselves and not feel like you're being critical. You're being curious. Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, one of the important things, too, about making sure that curiosity is included in your work culture is is modeling it, like you said. But then I think allowing for time for it attached to goals, right? So, you know, where, where people feel sometimes curiosity is gotten beat out of the workplace, really what it is, is it's, it's a, attaching it to a goal. You're, you're solving you're trying to figure out the next thing that you're going to solve. And even if it doesn't apply to a current project, it's still for the goal of figuring out something that will benefit the group later. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, And I think you have to hire for it, too. Oh, I think you have to hire for it. And I think it is goal-oriented, right? And, you know, you look at studies and people who are curious end up in the C-suite more often. And curiosity leads to innovation. Like, these things are obvious. They're easy to forget when we're rolling through our hectic days and weeks and months. So we're just asking folks to stop and think about how you can apply curiosity in your own life and use it to improve your workplace and improve your product and make everybody happier and more empathetic. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty good tool. Sign me up. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) There's a reason you love curiosity so much. I do. I really do. So did you love the drink? Oh, yeah. It certainly is a, a product improvement over the regular daiquiri. It sure is. I think we need to look into the history of when it was invented. But I'll tell you, this Luxardo, the te- of course, you know I love bottles that are beautiful. And it's this beautiful green bottle. It's really pretty. And coupe glasses feel really special. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice little touch for curiosity. So everybody, go check out that drink. Use it and tee it up for when you're doing something creative and curiosity-laden in your own life, (laughs) and let us know how it goes. And where can they find us, Jen? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Easy Underground, or on our website, thespeakeasypodcast.com. 